welcome to Gamers of the Lost Ark, your place for deep delves into specific games and the amazing emotions they bring forth. With me, the host, Kaylee, again, and my guest this week is Lucy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. It's an all-girl takeover. Yes. (laughs) Normally, Ryan hosts this podcast, but this is the second time running that I've hosted, and I'm just so happy to have you here now, too. It's so exciting. And also, so, so excited about the game we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been wanting to talk about this for so long, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) So, today, we are talking about the amazing Dragon Age Origins. And oh, I'm so excited. So I actually only finished this game for the first time in October last year. And I was like, where have I been my whole life that I've never played this game? When when was the first time you ever played Dragon Age Origins? So this was a while back. And it's really interesting hearing somebody play it like for the first time so recently. Because I played this when I was, I think, 16 or 17 when it first came out in like I think it was like 2009 or something but I've always been a huge fan of RPG games that's mm-hmm. like what I love um you know I'd grown up with like Elder Scrolls and stuff like that and I played Dragon Age Origins on like the Xbox 360 I think and I just fell in love with it and like since then I've been a massive fan of the franchise I've read like the the co- like the kind of like mini comics that have come mm-hmm. from the series and like I have a bunch of Dragon Age tattoos like it's probably my favorite fantasy series of all time and especially origins i think origins is just like the perfect rpg game like all elements of it Mm -hmm. yeah you know i'm very very similar to you in that way and to be honest i'll probably get a dragon age tattoo as well because i'm just like i love it so much but um yeah i was the same i grew up my favorite like genre of video games is like rpg fantasy games it's just they're so up my street played Elder Scrolls 2 and then this is a game that always just eluded me and funnily enough my dad bought a 360 back in the day and he bought a load of games for it and I had inherited the 360 because my dad is not as much of a gamer as he thinks he is um, and <laughs> then he he gave me all these games and he's like oh this is my pile of games and I had obviously bought my own pile of games so I never really looked at his games and only recently I got all of his games out of the attic and Dragon Age Origins was in it and I was like oh no I could have been playing that back in the day when it first came out, but I just didn't realize my dad had it. But I I digress. I do actually think it would probably have been like the perfect game for me when I was a teenager as well, because it just has so many different elements that would appeal to like my teenage self, because I was like super into like, I don't know, you know, even the like the romance in it and stuff like that. Yes. I, oh my God, that I would think I would have just been like, I'm trying to say that I'm not obsessed with it because I totally am obsessed with it. But, you know, I'd be reading fan fiction. I had been, like, totally in there with Dragon Age when I was, like, 16. But Oh, yeah, I was, like, fully in love with Morrigan as well. Morrigan was part of my queer awakening when I was younger. And I was that like, makes oh, so much hello. sense, <laughs> I can't see the pants off her, too. She's great. She is fantastic. I love her. But, yeah, I, I think it, I'm kind of glad I played it recently, though, even after all this time. Because it's an old game. It came out in 2009. And, um... I think I was like skeptical at first. I was like, well, this is going to look so old and it's going to maybe be too hard to play. But no, literally, as soon as I booted it up and started playing, I was like, nah, I am in there. This is like one of the best games of all time. And it's 2021 at this point. Uh, Like, that's just a testament to how good this game is. That graphics just mean nothing because it's such a good storyline. The characters are unbelievable. But 
I want to ask, what class do you normally play as? So I'm a creature of habit mm-hmm. and I always play in every single RPG game. I play a mage and with mm-hmm. Dragon Age, I specifically play Dalish Elf. Like I have the Dalish Elf clan badge tattooed on me. I love oh. the lore of the Dalish Elves, um, but mages in general and elven mages in Dragon Age, I think they have such a cool history and lore mm-hmm. and, you know, like the, the kind of conflict between the city elves versus the Dalish, you know, holding on to their traditions versus... Um, the xenophobia that the city elves get as well and yeah I just like throughout the whole series of Dragon Age um, I just feel like the mages have a really cool storyline mm-hmm. 100% I really really liked it and uh, to be honest I, I'm i also a creature of habit and I chose a Dalish elf rogue because I always Ooh. just like being an archer or a ranger type figure um, but I have to say after playing through the Dragon Age series because they made the mage class like when you meet mages and you go through the storyline of mages and all the games, it's just so interesting. Like the story they build around them that I definitely think I'd go back and play as a mage just to experience that. But a hundred percent, I love the Dalish elf mages because they're like so different from like the circle mages because they're technically apostates, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're technically apostates and like, there's just, there's so much history behind them and, Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything for the rest of the series for you, but in um, the third installment of the series, if you mm-hmm. play Dalish Elf, there's like just so much history and lore behind it. And yeah, it's it's just really interesting. And with like the the setup of the story and origins, one thing I really like is like each class has such a different story. You know, with yes. some RPGs, it's like you don't really get that much lore mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like the, the game really changes depending on what you play. But you know, if you're playing a mage, you're starting off, um, you know, in the Circle Tower and you get to do the harrowing and you meet tranquil mages and there's just, it, it feels like there's like a lot of setup, which mm. I really appreciate. Yes, 100%. And that's something I really, really loved is depending on the class you chose, you have a different intro, right? Because I was a rogue, I started off in the Dalish clan and like that's how your story unfolds and I just thought that was oh I think just from the off it's like a very personable game like you feel like your character is your own and to be honest I'm this might be like controversial but I think out of all the Dragon Age games I think the the customization of your character and like their appearance and stuff is probably the best in Origins because I felt like my character looked the best in Origins out of all the games (laughs) now I don't use mods or anything so I'm going purely by like base game aesthetics but that's probably a controversial topic. No, I would agree with you because I feel like a lot of people don't like the second game of Dragon Age. I personally love it. That's also mm. a bit of a hot take just because I feel like there's quite a bit like comedy in it and also Varric is bae. Love, love, oh, love Varric him. is the best. I love Varric so much. He's so good. He's but I feel like the, the character customization in 2, you kind, you kind of look the same no mm-hmm. matter what you do. And even in... Um, you know, the latest installment of Dragon Age. Like, there is quite a lot of customization, but yeah, I agree. I think Origins is probably the best. I feel like, even though the graphics aren't the best, like, I feel like you can make it really personable and it's kind of, kind of like Dark Souls. I say that I don't play Dark Souls very much, but like, character <laughs> customization in that, like the old games, like, they're, they still hold up today. They're still really good, mm-hmm. so. Honestly, I just think, you know, I made my character look the way I really wanted her to look. And she, like, looked really good throughout the whole series Um, in Origins, where in 2 and Inquisition, there is definitely moments where I'm looking at them being like, you're looking a little bit derpy. 
compared to how yeah. I wanted you to. <laughs> Some of the facial animations. I'm actually curious, like, are you the same as me where you're a creature of habit in terms of when you make a character for an RPG game, do you always make them kind of look the same, no matter what game it is? Because I do. Yeah, for the most part <laughs> I do, but in our... um. In the Dragon Age games, I kind of changed it up a little bit. So I wanted to make a Dalish elf because I think my problem was I always tried to make a character that looked more like myself so I could feel like I was playing the game or I was the character in the game. But then this time around, and I think it was from Skyrim onwards, I was trying to make a character that was like her own character that wasn't to do with me and that I was like, you know, proper role playing a certain game. Um, so I made like this gorgeous like blonde Dalish elf and like I loved her tattoos on her face and stuff like that and I was just like oh I'd never choose this for myself but I loved like making her Um, and then I think in the second game I made my hawk look kind of similar to my first character but then in Inquisition I just completely changed her I just completely like wanted a different character and I think that's just it because it's, it's such a testament to the, the Dragon Age games that you all the characters transfer through games, like through all the games. So because I knew, we'll probably get into this later, but my in my playthrough, my um my character survived in Origins, so I knew that she was probably alive in like the in Inquisition. So I was like, I don't want to make another Dalish elf that looks exactly like her when my original character existed in the world. So I was yeah, like, that's yeah. that's fair. So I'm probably like thinking too complicated about the whole thing because you never meet your character from Origins. But I was just like, nah, she has to look different. It was my thinking, but we should probably stick to Origins because I could definitely go off on a tangent about the other games too, <laughs> which we could totally do more podcasts on for sure. Yes. Yeah. Because oh, this game, this franchise is just something else. Like I just fangirl all the time to the point that most of my Christmas presents from Ryan have just been Dragon Age related stuff. But <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing at but, all. No, not at all. Not at all. So I think I'm very curious about like how you personally played the game so I think which companions did you put in your team so I always had Alistair because he's the resident himbo of the Dragon Age franchise love Mm -hmm. him um always had Morrigan and Liliana as well that was like my go-to and honestly I kind of I'm really trying not to speak about the rest of the franchise but like I kind of stick to those similar characters in other parts of the Mm -hmm. game like even with um because i'm a huge fan of bioware games in general mass effect is another one of my favorite series and even though i know you know for certain boss fights and stuff like that like you should have different party members but like one thing i love about these games and origins as well is like the chats that your party team has like when you're exploring the world and i'm like i don't want to miss out on these conversations either so Mm -hmm. i always kind of stick to the same group yeah, a hundred percent. And that was so like, oh, it's so amazing. Like, not even just like the main dialogue options, but just the tiny little banter chats that they have when you're yeah. just exploring. I used to always just stop as soon as I heard someone talk. I would stop and just listen and not continue my journey. So there's a lot of like, I think if Ryan was looking at me playing it and I had my headset in, he'd just see me randomly stopping. He'd be like, "Why would you? Be, why are you stopping? Why do you keep stopping and just staring at the screen and not doing anything?" And I was like, "Because they're talking to each other." <laughs> I'm so lame like my that, favorite though. my favorite is like Alistair and Morrigan having little arguments oh as well gosh. and just and not oh it's so good because she gets on his nerves so much mm-hmm. and I'm just here for it <laughs> I love that I love that I think my playthrough for the most part I had Alistair Morrigan and Wynn in oh my yeah party. Wynne's good and it was hard to do because I love Liliana so much 
I love her, like obsessed with her, but it was purely for combat because Wynne is a healer. Yeah. And because I was a rogue, I desperately needed a healer. <laughs> it's not even funny how much I needed a healer. So that was just the sacrifice I had to make. But I made lots of time in camp for Liliana, but let's just put it that way. But <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's very cool. I love hearing how people play and what companions people bring along with them because obviously, um, like I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, Zevran is like their favorite character. And she's like, I have to bring him everywhere. And then in my game... Zevron tried to kill me and I had to end up killing him and I was devastated. I was like, Oh no! I know! <laughs> he just randomly turned on me and I think it's because I didn't give him enough attention because I left him at camp all the time and then there was times I just would go back to camp and I'd talk to everyone else and maybe not him sometimes and I was just like, oh, I'll get back to him later because you just have this like feeling that they're going to be always at camp and then I was going through, um, you know, Denerim doing some quests and mm-hmm. all of a sudden on one of those kind of stop gappy places you know where if you're traveling through places and say you're going from like the marketplace to the pearl or something they like yeah. stop you and you have combats and stuff like that I, it was there there was a, a little cutscene played out and the crows came out and they were like hey Zevron, we'll give you a second chance if you, if you kill your character and he did he tried to and i was like <gasps> no. Oh, no yeah so devastation but that's one thing I love about this game is that you you don't know what's going to happen and your choices really, really affect everything in this game so much. I'm here. I don't I shouldn't jump to the end quick enough, but I'm like, what, what happened to um your character at the end? So I survived. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also like with the Morrigan situation as well, because I always play female in the games too. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do the, the, the child thing, but I, um, I made Alistair do it. And I've always done that. Um, oh, that makes it very I don't know, interesting. But, I don't know about you. I'm curious because like, I feel like th- everyone's quite divisive on that situation. Like, mm. I, like, I feel like it's quite 50-50. So. Oh, okay. So... Uh... I feel terrible. I feel awful because in my playthrough, I was like, Alistair is like the love of my warden's life and they have to be together. So I chose for Alistair to not become king and to stay in the wardens. Fair. And, you know, in order for that to be happily ever after, he kind of had to sleep with Morrigan and have a baby. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it's for the greater good for my warden and Alistair to be together so but I remember feeling awful I remember being like I can't believe I'm doing this to him I can't believe I'm making him do this but I was like but we're gonna be together forever so it's fine (laughs) it's fine but I I I get that and it's funny because I don't really play like straight romances in Mm. games but the one with Alistair is so sweet I love that man so much yeah honestly he's just so lovely we should get into romances in a minute, but I yeah, I obviously chose Alistair and I found it so unbelievably hard because um it would have been harder actually if Morrigan you can't romance Morrigan as a female. No, you can't. So if Morrigan had to come into the mix, that would have been even more complicated because I totally probably would have gone down the Morrigan route. But oh would I? I don't know. This is my problem. I would end up in a, like a love <laughs> not even a triangle probably a square because (laughs) (laughs) I love I was so torn between Liliana and Alistair and because I really 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 love Liliana's character I just think she's so interesting 
she's so sweet she's pretty she's lovely there's like she's badass there's so much about her to love and I was just like oh oh I, I think I'm in love with you but <laughs> <laughs> I was also in love with Alistair because he, obviously he's there from the start and I just remember my first experience with Alistair and he's really witty and I remember proper like laughing out loud at him when I first met him and I was like oh you seem like such a sweetie but like not the conventional like goody two-shoes sort of guy um so I was like oh I felt like for me and my character I felt like my character bonded with him longer than she had bonded with Liliana I proper made a story in my head so when I come across this way (laughs) this is because I have made a proper story in my head and way things should be for my character so people listening sorry about that that's just how I think things should go (laughs) it's it's very relatable but also as well like you meet Alistair a little bit earlier on you know yeah. with Liliana it's I think it's maybe is it Redcliffe no it's Denim or Redcliffe or something you see her in, in the in the pub it's in Lothering um, it's actually oh no it's Lothering yeah, yeah. and yeah, there's yeah. the fight and stuff yeah so mm. you, it's a little bit further on that's a great intro to her character though I love 100%. it 100% um so you do get a bit more time with him and he's really charming like you you can't you can't go away from that but I love Liliana and she's such a strong character throughout the series and especially in Inquisition mm-hmm. I really like her in Inquisition she's yeah, probably she's, my favorite actually she's amazing in Inquisition. oh my goodness I can't this is the thing about Dragon Age it's like there will be there will be characters in Origins and then say you go and play Dragon Age 2 or Inquisition and then there'll some of the characters will recur and I proper lose my shit like I proper lose my shit so like like Liliana, when I saw Liliana, I was like, I cannot believe she's in Inquisition. Proper freaked out. And like Ryan hadn't a clue what I was talking about, but he was there when it happened. And I was like, oh my god, it's Liliana. I was like, <laughs> my, I was like, I crushed on her so bad. She's, I love her. Um, and that's just something Dragon Age do so well that like you're always waiting in suspense of what's going to happen, who's going to like pop up that you love, or who's going to pop up potentially that you hate. I just love that. All the characters matter. But yeah, so Liliana was especially she just holds a special place in my heart but unfortunately I did not romance her in this playthrough and I think if I go back and play through again I'd make a different type of character and then romance her yes I have to give her some love although I flirted with her a lot I was because I was very much on the cusp of like I don't know who to pick I really don't but in the end I chose Alistair who did you pick Liliana as your love interest or I did later on in my first playthrough it was it was Alistair but I did I did um like I can't remember I, I play I've played through this game so many times <laughs> uh, it was probably like maybe like my third playthrough or something like that and it, it is it is a good romance I'm not gonna spoil anything for you though because I want you to I want you to do it the second playthrough and oh, um, yeah. romance her but it's worth it's worth her. it she is amazing that's so cool I think we're very on the same page here on our love interest it's like Morrigan have a bit of Alistair and then Eliana I'm like yeah 100% they are my peeps but um who did you get in like did you get all the companions in your camp because I I missed Sten so in Lothering obviously I got Liliana and I was super happy about that but I missed Sten (laughs) oh no I I did get Sten um but I felt like I could never connect with him he's a bit of a a a grumpy grumpy old man (laughs) yeah he is isn't he I've obviously um, just seen things online, but because I like, I didn't want to upset Alistair, so I left him in the jail. <laughs> what a shame! It was like because I went to the um, revered mother and I was like, "Oh, can I have Sten?" She was like, "Absolutely not." And then I was like, "Oh, I can threaten her." 
And then what happened was I did threaten her and then Alistair was super unhappy. So I reloaded the game because I didn't want him to be unhappy. And that's how much I love Alistair. So I didn't get Sven. <laughs> the dedication is real. But the thing I like about Sten is like, you get a real insight into the Canary and the Arashok mm. and like the history behind that. Because they're obviously a massive part of the second game. Yes. Um, so there's a nice little backstory with Sten, but you have to work for it. Like, he's he's a bit like me. He's kind of closed off emotionally. <laughs> he takes a while to, like, open up to you. Um, that is fair. But, but it's worth it. And he does have, like, you know, connections to the later games as well, which I really like. Like, you know, there's companions that you might have or you might not have. But if you do, they're still a key component of the game, as you said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I usually had Sten. That is cool. It's so cool to hear because obviously I didn't have Sten, so most of my knowledge of the Canary came from the second game where you probably would have gotten it way earlier than I would have. So yeah, super interesting. And then did you get all the companions in the end, like in your camp? Or did you? is there any ones that you kind of missed out on one playthrough and then got in a second playthrough? Um, I'm trying to think actually, because I've probably had them all at one point, but I'm mm. trying to think if I've had them all at once. Let me just have a little nosy. Uh, there was a guy not... who that was he only came with one of the DLCs, I think. I think I got them all, not yeah. all at once. Um, I didn't get Win on the first. Oh really? Oh no, I had her for a bit. I had her for a bit, but I think she might have left. I'm just trying to think back to ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Obviously, um, that is definitely like tough going. Oh, oh! You know what? I I think my favorite companion. Um, did you get the the dog at the yeah. start? Did you take the little dog? Yes. I call so mine Bilbo. I, <laughs> I love that. I call. I always call mine Bark Spawn. <laughs> oh my god! No, that's amazing. That is amazing. I love it. That was like the best thing ever. Truly the best companion of the Dragon Age Origins game. <laughs> Honestly, and then your interaction with the dog in the camp, like with all the different companions, I'm like, you you see different sides of them when they're with the dog and stuff. Oh, I love it. I think I got all of them except for Sten, honestly. And they're trying well, to say- You just need, need, to, need to play it. You See, if you do your Liliana romance, you're not too mm. worried about Alistair, so you can take him with you. Mmm, potentially potentially oh this makes me this makes me so excited to play again honestly and i have the biggest backlog known to humanity when it comes to games so i don't have time to do another playthrough but i think i will have to well here's hoping we get a remaster soon because we are in the era of remasters and we had mass effect legendary edition so i'm really because on pc Dragon Age Origins is like near impossible to play sometimes. It's really buggy, really? which is a shame. Yeah, there's a certain point of the game when you're in Red Cliff where like it just notoriously crashes. So there's like patches you can put on it, but it's really only properly playable on console, which is a shame. Because originally it play it does like the combat and stuff is great on PC. So like putting it out there in the universe, manifesting it, Bioware, please remaster mm-hmm. Dragon Age Origins, because Loads of people would be able to discover it that didn't play it back in the day either. So yeah. this is so true, and I second that because it's just such a good game. And now, and it's so funny because people just kept recommending it to me, and they were like, "You will a hundred percent love Dragon Age." And I don't know why. I was just like, "Oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it." And then I think because it was so old, I was like, "Oh, it's like it's getting further and further away from me." And then I ended up playing it, and now I'm that person that's like to everyone, I'm like, "You have to play this game. Like, you just have to play it." <laughs> There's yes. just like no doubt about it. So if they did remaster it, it would be like fantastic. Honestly. Uh, what, what did you think of the combat? Did you like it? I really enjoy the combat. And honestly, or in, um, in Origins, it's probably my favourite combat of all the games. 
um and playing a mage as well because like the thing i like about being a mage i don't like being up in front in a battle i like being behind and like healing or like doing you know different spells and being quite methodical about it and Mm -hmm. you know what i love about the series that you know you can pause and like really play it quite strategically almost like you know tabletop games it like has a lot of inspiration from that so i quite like that you know you can you can either just kind of blast through it like all guns blazing or you can be like really strategic strategic in how you play the combat yeah um especially with boss fights so i really enjoyed that um i've never actually played the game as like a traditional kind of warrior never play because that's just not how i play rpgs so i don't know how it's like for that but in terms of like being a mage it's really fun and like you can just watch the chaos in the back (laughs) whilst you're casting spells yeah 100 percent. i'm very similar in that way and that's why i'm always kind of like a ranger type character so because i'm like oh i don't want to be up in front i want to be shooting my arrows from behind so i 100 percent agree i was very similar i loved the combat i wasn't sure what to expect going into it but when I ended up playing it, I was like, this is amazing. This is so, so good. Because it kind of reminds me of like some sort of like MMO type games. But it also reminds me of like yeah. dice rolling, like almost like Dungeons and Dragons type style to it. Um, But I just loved it. It was fantastic. And like, you know, sometimes there's like strategy to them, to some of the fights and stuff, which I, you know, I figured out later on. <laughs> I was a bit slow on the uptake. But yeah, you're 100% right. I don't know what it's like to be a warrior. I don't know if I'd like playing as a warrior with that style of game, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I think with any RPG, you're one way or the other, aren't you? You either yeah. play something like a traditional Templar warrior or you're more kind of the rogue style or mm-hmm. the mages. Um, I kind of, you know, with everyone that I speak to that plays RPGs, they kind of stick to like a certain class. But I definitely get Dungeons and Dragons vibes from it as well because I played D&D a lot growing mm-hmm. up as well. I'm recently getting back into it so it it feels very inspired by that which I think it just makes it quite unique I don't think there's an RPG I've ever come across that is quite like Dragon Age Mm -hmm. especially in terms of its combat um I'm curious were you like screaming at your console or your PC or whatever when you were going through the really really long battle in the circle tower that went on for ages in Origins because oh my god that is a pain oh Oh, <laughs> mm. yeah I'm reminiscing about it now and yeah it was it was a struggle I played on easy mode though I have to admit um because I just it's more for time I'm like because mm-hmm. normally I play on normal mode for most things but lately it's just because I have so many games to play that I'm like if I, I feel like if I get through the battles easier I'll get through the game faster um that was not the case with this one. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> so hard. I'm, I'm, I don't know why, but the what's coming to my head is not that battle in the Circle Terror, but is Cullen. Do you remember Cullen in the Circle Terror with his like early Justin Timberlake spaghetti hair? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> the boy has had a glow up since then. Oh my gosh, puberty has served him well, is all I'll <laughs> say. Because from that to Inquisition, I was like, oh man. I was like, I didn't fancy you before, but I fancy you now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, I love that. I I just love all of the different quests you had to do. Like obviously the Mage Terror was like really unique in that way. It's like full of stuff to do with the Fade and you have to like deal with the like blood mages and apostates and that's just such a cool storyline 
Oh yeah, and there's like the the um, storyline with Connor as well, yes. and you have to go into the fade for him. I loved that bit. Oh, how did that plan out for you? Oh, that did not go well. I know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely did not go well. Um, I just, I think there was, I think I was, I didn't, I don't think I outsmarted the demon the first time round. I thought I did, mm-hmm. and then that like, I still had to fight it anyway. Um, but I just remember that taking ages as well. Oh yeah. Um, that was never ending. But I, I like, I have a love hate relationship with Fade in the Dragon Age games because it's so cool, but it just they purposely make it quite difficult yes and i think at that time i probably changed the difficulty settings as well but there's no shame in doing that no you know i hate people that get i hate people that gatekeep that because it's like just let people enjoy games how they want because it's also kind of ableist to say that as well like you know a game should be accessible for everyone and as long as you're enjoying it it doesn't matter what difficulty you're playing yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent i was i have to say i like i used to never drop my um I never dropped to easy and it was always because people were like oh you can't play a game on easy and I used to think oh I can't do that then because everyone used to say I could like you know you're just a wuss or you're just chickening out and stuff and then I obviously I'm I just met a community of people who are like really diverse and lovely and they're just like nah do what you want and I was like cool I'll do what I want now (laughs) (laughs) but when it comes to the only thing is I've been playing a lot of games on easy and now now I want to play Elden Ring and I'm like oh that might actually be the only reason it will like hinder me but because that game is gonna be so hard but... oh god I know how you feel I've bought Elden Ring but I've not been brave enough to play mm-hmm. it yet <laughs> I think we have it on the way and I'm scared I'm very scared <laughs> excited but scared it's like a little bit of torture but a little bit it, of fun. it'll be fun torture yeah you know? I don't know we're gonna see how that goes, but obviously, <laughs> I like I I'm still actually playing Inquisition at this moment, um. But I I'm playing that on easy, so I'm like, oh gosh, I'm gonna go from easy Inquisition to super duper hard Elden Ring. That'll be fun. <laughs> I believe in you. You'll Thank be fine. You. You'll be fine. <laughs> I needed that. I needed someone to believe in me because I don't think Ryan does. <laughs> Ryan is just like, it's gonna be too hard for you, and I'm like, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Oh no, I'll be I'll be your cheerleader. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> But back to Dragon Age. <laughs> what was the most fun part of the story for you? Like, obviously, we're talking about the like the Circle Tower, but then you know, obviously, we had the um, Brazilian Forest and all the other parts like Orzammar and stuff like that to try and get people to join the Grey Wardens in fighting the Darkspawn. But do, is there a specific quest for you that stands out that as being your favorite? I really like going to Orzammar. In all honesty, oh, really? um, I re- I really like the 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 lore as well behind um the dwarves of the Dragon Age series and mm-hmm. like, um you know we get a chance to to go back as well later in the series and I just it's cool seeing how the the design of that area has progressed but no I I really like that and I feel like on that quest as well you get like a chance to kind of speak quite a lot to your camp and like you kind of get to know people quite well I did like the um. The forest bit as well because we get introduced to Flemeth and Flemeth has such an interesting character arc because oh, yeah. you don't really get to know f- and I have a Flemeth tattoo um, from Dragon Age oh. 2 yeah I have like sexy Flemeth from Dragon Age 2 when she's <laughs> in her like purple armor but you know in the first in Origins 
you don't she doesn't seem like a threat or anything no. right up until you know in the end of the game where you find out with spoilers um but you know with morgan like her whole plan mm. was um you know for the arch demon and everything like that morgan had to have a child and that's why she helped the gray wardens and stuff but um I really like that. I also like the start of the game where we're introduced to the Grey Wardens and um, you know, you have to go through the trial and everything like that and you're in the camp and um, I thought that was quite interesting and mm-hmm. meeting like Davith and like all the other Grey Wardens. Like, the Grey Wardens story is really fascinating as well. Yeah, so. 100%. It's so, so cool. I'm actually reading, um, Ryan got me a load of the novels and I'm reading, I can't, is it called, it's called The Calling. So yes. it's taken place right before, not right before, but it's before Origins. And it like, I'm not going to spoil too, too much stuff just in case anyone wants to read it. But it's like, it, it's more of an insight into the Grey Wardens too. And obviously the Grey Wardens kind of come through all of the other games. So you learn more and more about them. But I just think as a faction, they are so cool. So interesting. Kind of terrifying at the start. Like, what was your take on the kind of ceremony they have to do at the start to become a Grey Warden? It's pretty savage. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, but you, I, I don't know about your mom, but you, like, you know, for for my character, there really wasn't really any other option because you go back to the circle and, like, become tranquil, really. Oh. That was really pretty much the only option. Because, uh, I mean, you know, with... With the circle and the chantry as well. Every I love the chantry as well because it's so cropped and mm-hmm. just um, kind of is a bit of a reflection of society as mm-hmm. well. The chantry is a bit like, you know, government and everything like that. But um, yeah. there really wasn't any other option. But it is, it's pretty savage. And, um, you know, as well, at the end of it, having like the dark visions and stuff like that and the night terrors and everything. I always wanted to be a Grey Warden when I was younger, but now I'm kind of like, hmm. Yeah, and then there's only a certain period of time they can live for, isn't it? You only get like maybe, what was it? Maybe like 30 years to live or something? Yeah, it's a really short life that you have. It's big sacrifices you're making for the greater good and to fight the blight. Yeah, but there's also an element of the Grey Wardens that it's it reminds me very much of um you know in Game of Thrones, this is so random, <laughs> Game of Thrones, what are they called when um up the north Oh yeah, the oh I know exactly what you're on about, but I'm they're like, like why is this they're a- watching over the wall. Yeah, the Night's Watch, that's it. The Night's Watch, there yeah, yeah. There you go, thank you, you very helped me there. It's, they're, they're kind of like the Night's Watch, where um, Duncan, who was the head of the Ferelden uh, Grey Wardens at the time, he was going around, he was like taking people who were robbers and thieves and criminals and inducting them into the Grey Wardens. And so it was very similar to that, where it's like... I got that as well. Mm. Thinking about it, they're very similar. Yeah, and it, you know, because you think the Grey Wardens are highly respected because obviously the king at the start is like, oh my god, the Grey Wardens are going to fight with us. This is amazing. And then you learn more about them. You're like, oh, they're not all really nice. They're not all well respected. This is super cool. Also, do you love Duncan as well? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I felt like you got an attachment to him very fast at the start. Um, Obviously, I keep forgetting that you have different intros. So when I was a Dalish elf, he comes and saves me. So um, I get tainted by Darkspawn. Oh, okay. And that's why I get inducted into the Grey Wardens because ah. I touch this mirror, which is like you see in the second game. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. With like Mer- Meryl. Yes. 
yeah, um, yeah. it's the same mirror and oh. so you touch that with your friend your friend disappears and um turns into a dark spawn and then you're tainted and then but you get saved so duncan has saved you but he couldn't find your friend so you get taken back to the dalish camp and then the keeper is like oh there's nothing more i can do for you so duncan's like come with me we're gonna make you a great warden so you can live so that's that's how i became a great warden so you immediately at the start for me anyway you get this attachment to duncan because he saves your life then he brings you to um ostaker and you become a great warden that way and i just felt like even though he's not in it for a large portion uh, a large portion of the game you get like an attachment to him whether that be through your interactions with him or maybe if it's by alistair because alistair has a really close bond with him yeah, yeah, they're very close. Yeah, so even as the game progresses, you never forget about Duncan because people are always like, oh, I remember Duncan or Alistair's always reminiscing about Duncan, how good he was to him. I think you always just end up loving him no matter what. Yeah, no, I'm trying to... So for the for the mage, um, where you're you're stuck in... Well, not it is pretty much stuck um, in, this, you know, in the circle of mage and you're about to go through the harrowing and you have your friend... Um, Joanne that's trying to escape he has like this secret lover called Lily um and they try to get away they end up getting found and um he gets made tra- uh, tranquil because like the mages have this thing as well called phylacteries mm-hmm. which is like their blood in like these vials so basically if anyone tries to escape they'll always know where you are and they yeah. can track you down um and pretty much Oh yeah, he turns to blood. He turns to blood magic as well, which is quite cool because um, blood magic is so evil and fascinating. But yeah. I feel like with blood magic and mages, there's quite they're quite like morally grey characters, which yeah. I really like because you can understand why they use it. But you're kind of like, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't have done that. Um, and basically, you you they try and punish you for trying to help your friend and it's kind of hinted like you're going to be made tranquil or something's going to happen so Duncan basically intervenes and says hey let them come with me and be part of the Grey Wardens and offers you an escape from the circle Mm -hmm. so like straight away you develop that bond and you're like oh thank you damn that's so cool I love that I love that there's so many different options to start with I'm like I might just play some of the starts just to know what happens (laughs) yeah right yeah 100% yeah Duncan's so cool even though unfortunately he um dies at the battle and then oh what about Terran Loghain oh my god I don't think I've despised someone so much in a game in a <laughs> long time what an arsehole <laughs> yeah 100% and then I didn't realize because you can save him later on he can join the Great Wardens and I was like why would you do that I just don't get it <laughs> like, absolutely no. not <laughs> no 100% no but yeah, he was a really cool character because I love characters that they make you despise. I like, I I'm a huge wrestling fan, and you know if you have a wrestler that like people absolutely despise, cannot stand, I'm like that's a really good character. They've written that character super well, and I feel the same way about him that he's just like a really hated character, but he's super interesting at the same time. Yeah, we we need antagonists as well as protagonists yeah. in games. You know, you need the people to despise as well as fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. But obviously, I'm going to assume that you killed him. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what did you do about his daughter? Oh God, I'm trying to remember now. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Mm. Um, so in my game, he became she became queen because I didn't want Alistair to marry her. I was like, hell no. Nah. I was like, do not touch my Alistair. 
Oh yeah, she became queen in mine as well. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah, because I remember you get to you can meet her again later mm-hmm. in the series. Um, no, I I have done it though where he becomes king as well. Oh. Um, and that that's quite a nice interaction in Inquisition. Yeah. Oh, oh, it really annoys me because I tried to do the Dragon Age Keep stuff so that I could transfer my save files to Inquisition and it didn't work. So now my Inquisition game is totally different from what happened in my Origins and Dragon Age 2 games. Oh no! I know, it's very annoying. So obviously I had kept Alistair as a Grey Warden in Origins and then in Inquisition he was like, hello, I'm the king. And I was like, no, <laughs> no you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no! I was like, this isn't, this isn't okay. But yeah, I because I was an elf and because I was a Grey Warden, um... I just wanted Alistair to be with me, and I wanted to be very selfish about that. So I knew that if he became king, he wouldn't marry my character because I was an elf. But then I also didn't want him to marry Anora. Yeah. And that was a big struggle for me in my life at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I didn't like her, though, much as a character either. I just felt like she really capitalized on a lot of stuff. So I was a bit, like, iffy. So I felt like, for me, there was no, like, perfect scenario when it came to who was going to be king or queen yeah it's kind of you're stuck between a rock and a hard place aren't you yeah i'm just trying to see other kind of big decisions so see in bedcliffe did you manage to save connor i did yes yes because that's not easy to do i have had it where he's died i i I will admit i i reloaded stuff when things didn't go my way because i think as i said i was really bad for having a picture in my head of how things should be Mm-hmm. So I used to like, if something went wrong, I was like, I'll reload this and make it the way I want it to be. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, in the end, I did end up saving him and his mom. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't save them both. Um, yes. In the forest, did you side with the elves and or the werewolves or did you make peace? Were you the peacemaker? Oh gosh, I didn't know there was three options. So this is going to be hard. I, I got the werewolves free of their curse. Mm-hmm. But I think I ended up making peace with the elves. They don't hate me, so I'm going to assume I probably made peace. Yeah, I think you would have. See, you, you were you were very um, very peaceful in your playthrough. I think I did that as well. I managed to get them both because I really didn't want... Well, the elves wouldn't ha- hate me, hopefully, because I'm an elf. But I didn't want to um, upset the werewolves either. Yeah, well, I just felt like that was a horrible situation, wasn't it? Because it was a group oh, of yeah. people who were turned, who were cursed against their will, and then I think it was hard. It was harder because I was an elf as well. That um, I was like, oh, I don't want to go against my people. Like, yeah, because you, real... you feel that attachment. Yeah, exactly. You get a real attachment to. I got a real attachment to being a Dalish elf. I really, really did. I was so upset in the second game because I was like, why can't I be a Dalish elf? But it makes sense. It does make sense. But I was just like, I want to be an elf. Let me be an elf. But. I got really attached to, like, as you said, learning about the lore of the Dalish elves and stuff, because I was, like, really trying to capture my character. I was like, I want to do what Dalish elves would do. Although I tried to be diplomatic between everyone, I was still always trying to, like, please the clans. Yeah, you just want to make everyone happy. Did you manage to play the DLC as well? No, I haven't played the DLC. So I played, because Origins is on Game Pass. Um, I've played it on Game Pass, but they don't give you the DLCs as well, so I haven't played the DLCs yet. I won't say that it is good though, because it is um six months after the original game. Mm. That's all I'll say. So it, it it is worth it if you can play it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is good. Okay, I probably will because I think 
I'm at that stage where I'm on the last mission of Inquisition and I don't want it to end and I'm procrastinating finishing it because I'm just like I don't want this to end even though I have Trespasser DLC I know I could keep going with that but I will probably end up finishing it and then probably maybe going back and doing the DLCs for Origins because I'm just like oh I can't get enough of Dragon Age Universe. Also there is a certain companion from Dragon Age 2 that has their appearance in the DLC. Ooh, that's always exciting. Yeah. Yes. That's always <laughs> exciting. Oh, I love it. So you killed Connor in one of your playthroughs, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And then did you wake up his dad? I think that's do you have to wake up his dad or is that like something you have to do? I think you have to wake him up. I didn't mean to kill him, but um just the dialogue i can't remember the, 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 the dialogue the, the dialogue options there he just he's he was still um you know possessed and then the mum died as well and it was just very sad oh no <laughs> it was really was so and never forgiven never forgiven so just like i'm not going back here <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> that's awful that's a terrible <laughs> sorry i'm laughing but i'm like oh no you killed the kid ha 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 but <laughs> <laughs> accidentally it's, yeah for sure, everything's accidental. Oh gosh, oh no, I don't know. I don't know if I'd cope with that very well. But it's very cool. I love that you have to go and get the urn. Is it the urn of sacred ashes? Is that what yeah. it's called? Um, and then that's something that shows up in later games too. Like everything kind of like links into later games. I just love that fact. It's just amazing. But how did you find the side quests? Like, were you the type of person that would like procrastinate the main story and go and do a lot of side quests? Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm. right now, just to give you like a little insight, I'm playing Horizon Forbidden West, and I've got nowhere in the main quest because I am a side quest like ho. I love side <laughs> quests. That's like I I always get stuck into them. Um, so I definitely did that a lot in uh, Origins, and I really like companion quests that you get to do as well. Yeah. And, you know, you know, develop your relationship with the characters. So mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely worth it. Um, so I always did the side quests. Oh, you're a girl after my own heart because <laughs> I'm the exact same. That's why we named our other podcast uh, One Flew Over the Side Quest because I'm literally notorious for um, procrastinating the main story. <laughs> and I'm like, woo, side quest. And to be honest, like, this is how bad I am is that I'm playing Inquisition now and the only side quests I have left to do are collect the shards and um, I'm waiting for the advisors to just finish off stuff at the table. So I'm like sitting there and being like, I have nothing left to do except collect <laughs> shards while I wait for these people. That's how many side quests I've done. That's- GG. That, that's impressive. <laughs> I know. Even because Ryan came in, he's like, how many hours have you clocked in Inquisition? I was like, 209. And he was like, what? Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, I've played a lot of Inquisition. That's how much I love it. <laughs> it's an obsession. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But anyone who's played Dragon Age will know. It's just it's just so understandable. Um, yeah, I love the side quests in Origins. It was so, so good. And like even I love Denerim because Denerim wasn't really main story focused for a lot of the game. It was just side quests. Yes. Lots and lots of side quests. And I was like, this is my city. This is the, yeah, this is where you go. I'm just looking now and yet there's so many side quests. Mm. Oh my God. Just bringing it all back. Um like even uh, like I remember Alistair's sister. Oh yeah, what a knob. She was so. Awful. I know. But I didn't realize that depending on how you deal with that situation, Alistair will act differently. Apparently, after that scenario, so you can harden his character basically. 
Yeah, I think he maybe gets put off you a little bit depending on how sympathetic you are. And um... Yeah, so what I was reading up, because I someone had said to me, they were like, look, if you want to be with Alistair and you're an elf, you have to hide in his character. I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you mean. Um, and then apparently it's whatever decision you make there, if you are if you tell him to kind of like get over the sister and like be strict with him, he's hardened through, like throughout the game. He's more like confident in himself and he's more like willing to make decisions where he will kind of, if you don't do that, he sticks to the same personality he had before where he's a li- little bit timid and he's like, hey, you take the reins and you make the decisions and I'll just be lovely and, you know a gent and stuff like that and I was like that's super interesting because that's something that happens as well in Inquisition that I won't go into but it's like something that you don't realize what your decisions can do to a character like just one single character alone oh yeah and um another side quest I really like you know you get to hear about Liliana's past as well yes if you do do that and I feel like um you know that has a big impact on her story as mm-hmm. well as you go on and she can get hardened or not depending on what you choose so i quite like that too mm. what did you choose with that one um well I'm trying to have... in the first game i mean because i chose you get to meet i can't remember her name is it margo or something it, it's Mar- margeline margeline something yes yeah, like something that. like that so obviously that was the woman Liliana kind of worked for when she was in Orlais as a bard and stuff and I think I by mistake let her live and I was like oops I didn't mean to do that because I thought we'd find her later on in the game and then she just never comes back and then Liliana for the rest of the game is always like oh I'm gonna have to go find her and kill her at some point and I was like oh oops oopsies I'm like, <laughs> I can't remember if I killed her or not, but I definitely I do remember doing that side quest because you know you find out about like the people that shaped her as a character and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I love. Her see, this is making me realize I need to replay. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. You definitely should, and then you should tell me all about it. <laughs> like everything that's going on, I'd be like, "Ooh, what's happening here? What happened there?" I like live vicariously through your uh, Dragon Age playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about how sexy Liliana's voice is, though? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just, ten- I'm trying. To, I'm trying to see who a uh, voice acts her because there's certain like, um, voice actors where I just I can't. Like Ashley Birch is the love of my life, and I will play <laughs> anything that Ashley Birch voices. And also Jennifer Hale is femship in Mass Effect. Um, oh. I'm just curious who voices her. I keep her. forgetting the name of series voice actress. But she's the voice actress oh, yeah. in Dragon Age 2 when you're the female hawk. So Liliana's voiced by someone called Corin Kemper in Origins and the other games as well. Oh, yeah, she's she's voiced her throughout them. That's cool. Yes. Sorry, I'm going on a, a Google a Google search. I'm that kind of person when I watch movies as well. I'm like, I need to see the actors and like their filmography I'm the same. and all that stuff. I, but my problem is I look up what their age is more so than anything else. I don't know why. I'm always like looking at actors and being like, what age are they? And then I'll look up the ages. <laughs> Did you get to do that? I don't know if it's classes as side quests or if it's like part of the, you know, the, the big pack for Origins where you get like all the DLC stuff and all the extra stuff. There's like the feast day quest where you can like give gifts to your companions. That's quite good. Oh no, I didn't get that. Yeah, it's like you can... um what's it called feast day gifts so you can get like different gifts um and depending on like if you want to romance them or not you can give them like different things um i'm just having a look now oh it came out on april fool's day when that came out so (laughs) um for alistair 
oh no for morrigan you can give her a doll of alistair kind of like a voodoo doll (laughs) she inflicts injuries on it and then for um alistair you get him like a little like gray warden hand puppet and there's loads of different ones that even for the um even for like your mabari dog and for sten like the smaller companions you can give them gifts that was quite nice that was so cute. I actually liked the um, mechanic of gift giving in general. Um, yeah. Not just that, because I haven't played what, that quest, but um, the when you have to give them items and then like they like certain items or they're a bit met about certain items, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's kind of like playing Animal Crossing and giving your villagers items. Yeah, or cool. like Spirit Fair. When me and Ryan were talking about that, it's a yeah. lot of like gift giving and stuff. I like that in games because it kind of feels more personable as well. Yeah. And you become more attached to them. A hundred percent. And then like, I love that, you know, and I can't remember if this is something, I can't remember about Dragon Age 2, but it's not really in Inquisition, but you know, the the friendship level and stuff with your characters. Yeah. That like gauge, you get an actual bar that you can see where you stand with your characters. And you can like, obviously decisions play a huge part in like whether they like you or don't like you. And then gift giving was a huge one because I just used to be like, Alistair, here, have everything I own. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> I got so attached as well of having everybody maxed out, either romance or friendship. So when yeah. I, obviously you can't please everyone, mm-hmm. especially the big decisions in the game. So when there was people that didn't agree with me, I'm like, oh. But I want you to be my friend. I want I you to love me. <laughs> it's such an emotional roller coaster. And then it was always hard because, especially if you have Morrigan and Alistair in your team, they tend to go opposite ways, right? So, yeah. If you do something that pleases Alistair, nearly 100% of the time, Morrigan was like, oh, I don't like it. And I was like, dude, please, just like me. <laughs> in my head it's an enemies to lovers fanfic and yeah, nobody's gonna change my mind a hundred percent so like it took me forever to get morgan to like me because i i was trying so hard to please Al- like alistair all the time and then even just speaking to morgan in the camp she would just disapprove and i was like i only said i just spoke to you and she was just like mm, disapprove <laughs> i was like woman please love why me don't, i know like please why <laughs> Oh, I love it. Is there any character that you say, I'm going to guess that you're going to say Morrigan to this, but like any character that made a huge impact on you as a person? Um, I'd actually like, I'd say Morrigan for Origins, but in general, and a character in Origins as well is Flemeth. I love Flemeth because, you know, she's kind of like, she's gone and like her origin is quite mysterious as well mm-hmm. because you know I don't want to don't say too much because like it goes into the other games but you know she's this really powerful badass character that's been mm-hmm. through a lot and you know she's very mystical and um very confident and sure of herself and I feel like she's quite a morally gray character because like she doesn't make the best decisions and she's definitely you know acting in her own self-interest but at mm-hmm. the same time you can kind of understand the reason she does certain things yeah so i i really like in fantasy and rpg games where you have morally gray characters where they aren't like the hero but they aren't necessarily the villain um yes. so i would i'd pick flemeth actually that is so interesting i love that answer because it was just something i was not expecting at all but it makes so much sense at the same time because i think um Flemeth is someone that you can easily forget about sometimes because you can 
so what happened with me in Origins is I came across Flemeth obviously quite early. Then mm-hmm. I went and saw her again very early on in the game, and that's when she turned into the dragon, and I was like, oops. I was like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> I managed to, like, I, I think I it was a pure fluke that I managed to defeat her that early on. Um, so because I beat her so early, she kind of disappeared. And obviously Morrigan was talking about Flemeth as the game went on, but then I kind of forgot about her as being a huge integral character because I, I just went to see her too early. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and that's like the beauty of these games. It's like everyone gets to experience it differently yes. depending on what you do, you know, and she... She also, in part, like really shaped who Morrigan is as well. He's like another one of my favorite characters. So yeah. And what I about think, you? Oh, ooh, this is <laughs> so I'm putting you on the spot now. Yeah, I know. I was actually like because I was I was asking the question, being like, I 100 percent don't know what the answer it is for me. So <laughs> ooh, 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 I want to say Liliana mm-hmm. because. I think I always, there's always, char- especially when I play video games, I always look up to female characters, right? Because, yeah. you know, there's not, in the grand scheme of things, there's not that many female characters in video games, like, really, like, in-depth female characters. Like, you obviously have the Lara Crofts, but I'm kind of like, what is the depth to Lara Croft apart from the fact she's just badass? Where with Liliana, I was like, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot of hardship, and... There's just a lot about her that she tries to do the right thing and she goes with her calling and her gut feeling um, as opposed to things she should do. Like, I just love her story with, like, you know, she was a bard and stuff, but then she turned to the Chantry because she's like, oh, I believe in the maker. And, you know, I think as well, she, I, this is going to sound very strange. She reminds me very much of my best friend. So my best friend is, like, um, a Christian. Mm-hmm. And... She would always share knowledge and stuff like that, but very similarly to the way Liliana was, but I never felt preached on. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I think maybe I found comfort in Liliana's character because it reminded me of my best friend. That's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, I just think, I just think Liliana's so badass too. At the same time, it's like, you know, you can have a flirt with her and you get to know her. And I just felt like I connected with her as a character very easily where Morrigan I just think is badass and I'm like oh she's sexy isn't she (laughs) (laughs) and obviously there's more depth to her too I'm not saying that but just with Liliana there was more of a connection for me with her yeah no I I get that I also feel like Liliana is probably the most selfless character Mm -hmm. out of all the companions you know she doesn't like you said she goes with her gut feeling but she's always thinking of the group and the greater good and it's a really interesting depiction of a character that is religious and you know that's why the the whole the chantry and the the whole um origin behind the maker i find that quite interesting because i I mean i'm not somebody that's religious but Mm -hmm. with liliana you know she'll obviously tell you the reasons on why she believes things and why she stands so strongly but she never preaches it upon you and she doesn't judge your character based on that which i think it's important to have characters like that in video games and just in general for people to see you know just don't preach on people but let people believe what they want to believe and yeah yeah. 100% and I think that's another reason why it reminded me of my best friend right because I'm not religious but she's very very religious in that way but she was always like willing to talk about it if I ask questions and she's like oh I'll give you knowledge about it but I will never try Mm -hmm. and convert you to what this is and I always like felt that was a really good relationship we had um and I remember because you know right you get people who are when I say oh my friend is really religious and they're like oh like the first reaction is like oh no like 
yeah they're going to try and be preachy and I was like no not everyone's like that and it's really nice to have a character like Liliana to prove that that's not the case like representation of like I feel like it is representation of my best friend you know and it's a really really nice thing so she really really impacted me in that way oh it's so hard to like obviously I'll just say she's the main one but I just think all the different characters like definitely had an impact on me and in little ways too like I feel like Morrigan is very complex like there's times she comes across as all-knowing but then she comes across as very naive Mm -hmm. even with the whole Flemeth situation I think she thinks she knows about everything that's happening and then you'd realize that she doesn't know quite as much as she thinks yeah definitely she has she has such a hard front about her as Mm -hmm. well and you know you have to think that she's been kind of secluded for a lot of her early life in yeah. these forests with Flemeth and she doesn't necessarily know the way of the world but she definitely puts on a front like she does mm-hmm. um so it's it's really interesting and part of me gets so angry that I can't romance her because I'd love to see if you can kind of take down those walls a little bit mm. um but I feel like even if you do romance her at least from what I've seen like again I ha- I didn't get an opportunity to because I'd never played like a male character but I feel like she still always has a bit of that wall up which I think it's quite realistic to real life for some people as well you know yeah. she's gone through a lot of trauma a hundred percent just a complex character we don't have enough complex characters in video games like that where they're not again like the good guy or the bad guy they don't always make the right decisions mm-hmm. um because that's like real life yeah 100 you know? but to be honest i like in a lot of the characters to say the witcher where things are very gray there's no black yeah. and white um and that's something i loved about the witcher and i played that right before i played dragon age for the first time as well i'm, I'm late to the game so um yeah i played the witcher and i was like wow i love that everything's so great there's no black and white morals what are morals what is the morals who makes the morals and you you have all these questions and then i went into dragon age and it was a very similar type of game too and it's just one of those things that even with your own character and i I don't think the other two games actually follow as well with this where there's so many dialogue options Mm -hmm. that it's not just yes or no or it's right or wrong there's like so many in between options of how what you could choose which i absolutely love yeah i feel like especially in the second game with hawk um, you can either be like very sassy and a bit of an arsehole mm-hmm. or like really good uh, and as much as I love being sassy and stuff like that it's nice to have those kind of other dialogue options but I do appreciate that in Origins as well and Inquisition the sassiness yes. I'm never brave I'm never brave enough to be a bad character in a video game no. I'm always the hero <laughs> but I love those little dialogue options and especially in two with Varric and you can just really rip into him and mm-hmm. oh I love it yeah I totally agree totally agree I'm the same I'm too much of a wuss to be a bad character and anytime I make bad decisions I reload because I feel too bad yeah and um (laughs) it's so annoying because I'm just like you know video games are the chance to play a character that you wouldn't be yourself in real life right but I never take it I never take it I'm like I have the chance to be to be mean I have the chance to be awful and I still can't do it (laughs) You're just too nice. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a problem. Sometimes being too nice isn't a good thing, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but sure, I just love all the dialogue options and origins, and probably it's a a lot to do with the fact that your character isn't voice acted. Yeah, and you can imagine it in your own voice. Yeah. So obviously, they don't need to record as many lines of dialogue if you, so they can add way more options in. 
and then yeah you can definitely just imagine your character because i think me and ryan were having this discussion the other day he was like oh i can't get attached to characters who not always but there's certain characters you can't get attached to as much because say there's no voice acting he was talking about zelda breath of the wild because he was saying about the side quests he was like oh mm-hmm. side quests don't mean as much as say he was playing assassin's creed odyssey where every character was voice acted and he was like even the little dude on the corner i was like attached to more because he was voice acting and i was like oh i don't feel the same way because i think you can imagine your own narrative with um no voice acting yeah i get that i think voice acting does play a big element in a lot of games but i feel like with rpgs it lends itself to no dialogue a lot more mm-hmm. than others do because you are you are creating your own character you're investing in it so i think not having a voice it really puts you in it more um i don't feel it takes anything away from the game to be mm-hmm. honest so if i look at this and i look at um you know two or you know other two or inquisition or any other rpg games where you can get voiced like it's not something i have to have you know it's not something that's um a deal breaker for me so no i like that in origins it kind of adds to the more old school rpg element of it that like i don't know like tabletop D kind of style yeah 100 percent. because it's something that as i'm playing inquisition now wish i had more options of dialogue mm-hmm. as my character i feel like if you only say have three options of dialogue it's very um there's not a lot open to interpretation of how your character can react to things. Yeah, exactly. Where Origins, I just felt my character was so how I wanted her to be. There was never a, a time where I was like, oh, she's not really reacting how I want her to. She was just always reacting the way I wanted her to, or I envisioned her to. And it was fantastic. I just love it. And that's just like how I think I love games without voice acting, where I know there's a lot of people that do love voice acting in games. But I can take or leave it. I think it depends on the game because, I mean, thinking about like my favourite games of all time, which most of them are RPGs, um, it's kind of combi- combination of voiced and non-voiced. And either other games that I really love that there's no dialogue at all, mm-hmm. like Night in the Woods or Gris or like What Remains of Edith Finch, like those kind of like emotional-based games. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't need that, you know? Um, sometimes just having a score can be enough and having the dialogue on the screen for you to read can sometimes be more impactful Mm because you can take it how you want it you know rather than somebody saying this is how it has to be felt yeah that makes sense yeah 100 percent. i that's just the the thing about games it's just such amazing storytelling in so many different types of ways i'm always in awe of like playing different games and like how i feel emotionally after playing them it's insane especially dragon age because it's just like it's honestly made my top like like it's one of my favorite games of all time now i'm so glad to hear that because i've been on i've been on that train for the past 10 years and nobody like i feel like not enough people know about dragon age i know that sounds weird but like i well especially people that have come into gaming maybe a little bit later if you miss the dragon age boat not a lot of people know you know when people think of rpgs they think of stuff like the witcher series Mm -hmm. um and not necessarily dragon age and i'm like oh but it's so good if you like the witcher you're gonna love this exactly yeah 100 percent. and i was like the biggest like i love elder scrolls elder scrolls is like you know if i could tell you how many hours of skyrim and oblivion i've clocked you know (sighs) yeah and i was like no everyone was saying to me who's played dragon age they're like look if you love skyrim and oblivion you're gonna love dragon age and i was like nothing nothing will compare to these games because i'm so unbelievably biased towards them um and i was like nah i don't believe it not at all and then i played dragon age and i was like oh my gosh 100 percent it matches skyrim and oblivion so 
for me now like I'd put it up there I'd 100% put it up there but it doesn't have the recognition that the Elder Scrolls games has I don't think no which is a shame but also I think it makes it good because the the Dragon Age community is quite smaller Mm -hmm. and sometimes I just feel people connect a lot quicker in the Dragon Age community from what I've seen anyway yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Life is Strange. So mm. next to Dragon Age and Mass Effect, Life is Strange is definitely my favourite series. It came out at a time that I really needed it to. Like, I really, really connect with like the character of Chloe. Like, I went through some very similar things that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even though like Life is Strange, especially with True Colors coming out, it's a slightly bigger community. The people that really, really like it. I feel like it's quite small yeah. and there's like a, even a podcasting community for Life is Strange. I feel like when you meet somebody that likes it, like you're kind of on the same wavelength about a lot of things and like yeah. choices in life and you've kind of been through similar stuff. So you have like that instant connection and I feel like people have that with Dragon Age as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. So you have a Flemeth tattoo and you said you have, is it a Dalish elf tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to get any more Dragon Age tattoos? I might, I, my next tattoo is in eight weeks. I'm getting a Skyrim tattoo, actually. Ooh, so exciting. <laughs> I'm getting um, uh, Alduin. Oh. Uh, Alduin's head on, on my knee, because I've got one on the other. But I've got quite a few, I've got like Mass Effect tattoos. I've got Witcher tattoo, Fallout, Pokemon, loads of stuff. But I have been debating getting another Dragon Age tattoo. I've been kind of thinking about, um, I don't know, maybe getting like the... What some one artist that I get tattooed by quite a lot. She's amazing. She's called Danny. She does a lot of elf tattoos, like Ooh. a lot of redhead, elvish. She's doing like almost like a Dalish elf back piece at the minute that is stunning. So I was like, if I could get like a Dalish elf tattoo from you, it'd be amazing. So I think I was gonna get another one. It would probably be that. You are gonna have to send me your Instagram or something because I'm like, oof, I I might travel up to Scotland for a Dalish elf tattoo now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> She's great, honestly. Yeah, I'm so in love. That's just like how amazing Dragon Age is, is that we're getting Dragon Age tattooed on our bodies. That's how much we love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Ryan got me for um for Christmas. He got me um this little, I think someone does it on Etsy, where they like print, they do out the treaty for the Inquisition. And they're like saying Ooh. like, oh, you're the leader of the Inquisition. And they put my name on it. And then it says signed um Josephine Montelier and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I'm an Inquisitor. That is so cool. I, know. I love that. And I'm just like, hey, we need more Dragon Age merch, by the way. Anyone? Oh, we do. Have you read, um, if you've not got it yet, you should. It's really good. There is an, a print series of Hard and High Town, and it's good. Is there? Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can get that. Ooh. I might have to. I might have to. I love Varric so much. Obviously, he's not in Origins, but I'm like, oh, I love Varric. I'm oh, like- I think he's probably my favourite besides like Morrigan and Flemeth he's probably my favourite out of the entire series yeah he's fantastic just this is oh Dragon Age and Bioware they just write such fantastic characters I haven't played Mass Effect but like playing Dragon Age makes me want to play Mass Effect just because of how amazing this game was yeah like even if you aren't like I'm I'm a really big sci-fi person as mm-hmm. well Fan- like fantasy and then sci-fi but even if you aren't a massive fan of sci-fi obviously you really like character creation and yeah. like um rpg games and like i on, honestly you'd, you'd love it and it's the same format where like you know your saves go over to the different games and there's like staple companions that you have and it's basically dragon age in space is all i'll say but yeah you should play it 
Yeah, 100%. Maybe we'll be back in like a few months' time talking about Mass Effect. Who knows? Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. But we have two other uh, Dragon Age games that we could potentially also talk about because they're just so fantastic. And obviously Dragon Age 2, I think, doesn't get the recognition I think it deserves sometimes. I would agree. I feel like a lot of people don't like to, which from some sides I can get it because the story is kind of more set out mm-hmm. than Origins, especially, you know, with Origins, like it can go so many different ways yeah. Um, in terms of your character creation and like their story. Whereas, you know, with two, there's more, there there is a set story really. Yeah. Um, But I feel like it's kind of a comic relief in the series. I feel like it's a fun game. Like yes. overall, it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get introduced to some amazing characters. Isabella, oh my god, I'm in love with her. <laughs> um, I just feel like it doesn't get the love it deserves. It's still a great RPG, in yeah. my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it didn't come out long after Origins came out, I don't think, because from what I read was that the developers didn't get a lot of time to do Dragon Age 2 compared to Dragon Age Origins. Oh. So that's why there's a lot of it that's quite samey. Like, say, I don't know, area-wise. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have the scale that Origins has. And I have to say, for a 2009 game, Origins has a great map. Oh, yeah, it's ma- It's actually pretty big. Yeah. Like, even by today's standards, it's, it's a decent size. Mm. 100%, because... Like, it's not fully open world, but it works. Because I was a bit like, oh, I, I prefer open world games. I'm very much like, oh, just let me wander. Mm-hmm. But this game is, like, perfect. It's just, like, you know, you select certain areas. You can't maybe travel to those areas yourself. But I think they do enough that you never feel, like, out of immersion, if that makes sense. Yeah, you don't feel constricted. And I feel like some, I love open world. Sometimes like in recent games it's so big that it almost feels a bit overwhelming mm-hmm. um whereas i feel like you don't get that with origins you still have that open you know it's still a big map but you're not like oh i'll never be i'll never get a chance to explore all of it mm-hmm. you know it's all ma- it's all manageable yeah 100% i love it it's fantastic i want to get like a big i i have this thing i love collecting video game maps so i do want to get like an El- um not an elder scrolls whoops a dragon age map <laughs> And stick it on the wall somewhere because I do have, I got all the Elder Scrolls maps. Yes, you so, need to add to the collection. Yeah, I'll just have a map room and Ryan will be like, <laughs> what is happening in here? And I was like, these are all my adventures that I went on virtually. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think we're coming to the end now. So what has been your favourite thing about Dragon Age Origins? Putting you on the spot. Oh God, um, I would just say the, the character story arc that you mm. can have because they're so different from every class everyone has their own origin story origins everyone literally has their yeah. own origin story and it's so unique and the fact that you know you can take that journey like it's so consistent with the rest of the series that mm-hmm. you can do that you know besides besides two like but even still i would say it has that but yeah just like the whole origin of your character you can customize it exactly how you want it and i feel like that's really unique i don't feel like there's a lot of games that can do that yeah it's fantastic it's just so good if you love RPG, if you love role-playing, it's just the most fantastic game for that. And then where would you rank it as it in your, like, favourites? Like, is it one of your top five? Yeah, I would say... Oh, God, this is hard, because my top, my top like, three games of all time is probably the original Life is Strange, Mass Effect 2, and then Dragon Age Origins. Ooh. It's like choosing your favourite child, but it's in those top three. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where I'd put it because my favourite list used to be 
maybe not in a particular order, but I used to be Okami. Love that game. Yep. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. And Skyrim. Yes. And now I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. Dragon Age Origins has to be up there, is how I feel. But I'm like, who do I bunk off for that? Is what I'm Who's going to get cut? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, it's just so perfect. It's like my perfect game. And that's saying a lot. That's like a big statement, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Especially if you love games as much as we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's so difficult to decide, but it definitely deserves to be up there. I'm so glad you said Okami as well, because not enough people talk about that game. Oh my God, we'll, amazing. we should probably do, like, I think we might end up doing a pod on Okami. So, you know, yes. we can definitely have a chat about that one, because I have a, an Okami tattoo. That's like, that was my <gasps> first tattoo. Oh, I love that. I know. So we're the gals over here with the video game tattoos, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, okay, any final words on Dragon Age Origins before we finish up? Not that I can think of, just anybody that hasn't played it yet, if 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 they missed it and they're worried that, you know, it might be too old or it's dated, it really, really isn't. Like, go in it with an open mind and mm-hmm. just in- enjoy exploring. Yes, honestly, it's like one of the best like experiences of my life, I have to say. It was such a good game. Anyone who loves fantasy, it's just going to be so up your street. And also, if you're listening to this and have played Origins and skipped Dragon Age 2, go play that as well, because yeah, that's a great game too. Inquisition, I don't even think I don't even think that you need to appeal to people who have played Origins, because most of my friends that play Dragon Age have played Inquisition first, which I'm like, don't do I've that. Ha- don't. <laughs> I know, I've, I've heard a lot of people started with Inquisition, because that's like, that's the one that got the most marketing, and it's the biggest game of the franchise, if you will, in the sense it's the newest one, and most people are aware of it, but you're like, no, you don't, like you're not going to experience it the same unless you start with origins and you'll get the story more and like the whole reason behind why things have happened yeah i know and i'm like i'm so so happy that i played origins then dragon age 2 and then inquisition because a load of people said oh you don't need to play the first two to play inquisition and now i'm like oh my gosh imagine not knowing the characters from origins and then coming into inquisition and then seeing some of your favorite characters from origins like that was one of the some of the best moments for me exactly yeah oh anyway we could talk for probably hours and hours and hours and bamble on and then we could probably like talk about how much we love characters too but we should probably just finish off here because it's absolutely like there's just such fantastic games and i can't wait to talk about the other ones as well yes definitely. but yes origins is definitely one of my favorite games of all time clearly it's one of yours as well which is just a testament to how amazing this game is especially when you're talking to two people who have extensive knowledge and experience of rpg open world fantasy type games so my standard for this game was pretty high it was very very high but it definitely lived up to it i'm so happy i played it but yes thank you lucy for so much for coming on i'm so happy we had this chat i'm like anytime i get a chance to talk about dragon age is like the best moment of my life so <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for having me it's been great uh, to gush over one of my favorite games with somebody that loves it as much as i yeah, do so, i oh, know it's amazing I love it it's like so and this is the, the great thing about video games is being able to like connect with people about games that you love too it's just like one of the best for sure. things ever but yes thank you all for listening to another um, Gamers of the Lost Ark Lucy if people want to find you on Instagram or Twitter where could they get you? Yeah, you can find me on pretty much everywhere on the, on the socials at Lulu underscore Pew. I also have my own podcast um, that I co-host about horror movies. Mm-hmm. If you're into that and feminism and like queer horror, it's uh, Ghoul Friends. So you can find Ghoul Friends like anywhere you listen to podcasts as well. Yes, definitely check her out because she's amazing. 
can testify. Oh, thank you. But yes, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to another Pixie Gaming podcast, uh, whichever one it was you chose to listen to today. We are Pixie Podcast on Twitter, Pixie Podcast on Instagram, Pixie Gaming Podcast on Facebook, and Pixie Gaming Podcast on YouTube. And our website is www.pixiepodcast.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. You're all a bunch of legends. And uh, here's a little outro music. So enjoy.